He eats filth. He once ate an old phone. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Hello and welcome to a weird episode of Calling Monroe. Not an episode of Calling Monroe, actually. Uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, which were actually eminently foreseeable by us, but we didn't foresee them, uh, we will not be releasing an episode of this beautiful Monday. So instead, what we thought we would do is grace you with the introductory episode, the episode zero of my upcoming D&D podcast, Dungeons and Demons Incorporated. Uh, in this episode, you get to know sort of the backstories for our characters and, and who the players are. And then the episode that follows, episode one, would be where the campaign and everything starts. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with the concept of, of Dungeons and Dragons, it's basically a role-playing game uh, that mainly takes place in the theater of the mind. So, uh, there's no no board game, sort of, no board on the table. There's no, there's really not anything except some dice that we roll. Uh, and there's a, a gentleman named Ole, who you've all heard of before, because he's been our guest many times. Uh, and he's the dungeon master, who basically uh, designs the adventure that we go through uh, and guides us in our quest. If it sounds nerdy, uh I don't know whether it is. Maybe it is. Nah, it's it's pretty cool. It's more cool than you probably thought Dungeons & Dragons was. Uh, and instead of spending your valuable time listening to Calling Monroe today, I think you should take a listen to this, open your mind, and get into some friggin' D&D. And D. Uh, enjoy. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Session Zero of Dungeons & Demons Incorporated. In this episode, we will briefly introduce our characters and the setting of the campaign. If you want, however, to skip over to some action immediately, I invite you to move over to Episode 1 and skip this episode entirely. I am your benevolent DM, Olavur Birgir. You can just call me Oli. Mm, I think I will. I am accompanied by four beautiful players. Would you like to introduce yourselves, boys? Why don't you introduce us, Daddy? We're scared. Mm, okay. First of all, we have Bjarki. Oh, hello. And we have Nick. Sup. And we have Ingo. Yeah, bless you. And we have Ragnar. <laughs> Interesting fact, all of these players are from Iceland, except for Nick. Fuck me. Mm. Yeah, so we're forced to speak English. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, well. It'd be weird if we all spoke English if we were all Icelandic. Well, it depends on... We want the international audience, not don't we? But I find this deeply uncomfortable. You know, when you're sitting in a in a room with people of one nationality and you're all speaking your non-native tongue, but you all know that you speak a different language that you could be speaking? I mean, that's pretty much every day of my life. Is your native tongue Danish then, Nick? Would you say that your native tongue is Danish? No, it is not. I am uh, not so proud to be an American. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that kind of fell out of favor, didn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It used to be cool back in the 80s when everybody was a boomer. <laughs> in the 50s. It used to be a party trick in Iceland. It's a bit too much uh, USA über alles. Ooh. Wow. That was multicultural. This is a political podcast now. Yeah, fuck d and I don't care. I think we'll we'll quit the whole D&D thing and just go for political commentary. Can't we do D&D, but we all pick a current political figure? So, like, one of us can be Barack Obama. One of us is Angela Merkel. I'll be Putin. <laughs> oh, no. We don't want Putin on the podcast. Or do we? I'd love Putin on the podcast. If, if we could get Putin to do D&D with us... He's probably listening right now. Uh, I think Putin's definitely going to be listening to this. If we can get Putin to make a guest appearance as some sort of overlord character, I think we'll seal the deal. We'll be number one. At least in Russia. Oh, he's probably only going to speak Russian. Even better. Yeah, even better, yeah. Well, how about we introduce our characters? Starting with you, Pjarki, what are you going to be playing? Right, well, I am going to be playing the role of Slamthor Skullgurgler. When he was alive, he was a human barbarian, a rippling mass of muscles and inferiority. Slamthor was actually born to a pair of very large and very related gladiators. In fact, he was actually conceived during their uh, duel, and a lot of people wanted their money back after that. How related were they? Um, Too related. Mm. Well, I guess we would know a lot about that. Being from Iceland, yeah. Sure, right. They didn't have the app in in Fortuna. Was it too related for Iceland or too related for everywhere else in the world? Alabama related? (laughs) Not Alabama related. We're talking like (laughs) first cousins. I'm going to be honest with you. They were first cousins. But they're both both tall and impressive people, I bet. Yeah, very large. Very big, buff, beefy people. Uh, And Slamthor is too. Mm. Triple B. How did Slamthor die, Bjarki? Because one of the things that we're assuming about all the characters is that they're all dead and you're all going to be reincarnated in our first episode right yes slamthor did die so he spent most of his life just pretty much taking what he wants killing whoever probably saw more bloodshed than most people see sunrises but um he was getting kind of bored towards the end so what he decided to do right is to kill hunt and kill rather one of each type of giant and he kind of died fighting a frost giant those are like the most pussy giants. What? Is that canon? Is that canon? I don't think that's canon. How dare you talk about frost giants like that? I thought frost giants were badass. Which giant is best, Ragnar? Well, that's debatable. <laughs> I don't... So I'm a D&D noob, a doob, if you will. And I don't even know the different types of giants. Like if Now I know there's a frost giant, but I thought like, like giant and then like big giant and maybe sad giant... Horny giant. Big friendly giants. Yeah, big friendly giant. Rock star giant. Aren't you just naming moods you go through? <laughs> President Barbie giant. <laughs> no, well, but uh, Slamthor, Slamthor kind of died fighting a frost one. Mm. So what bitch. happened, right, is Slamthor finds this frost giant in an ice cave. And the ice giant takes off all his clothes mm. in what was clearly a sign of, like, a display of dominance. And Slamthor is kind of crippled by his inferiority complex, so he really, really quickly took off his own clothes as well. Fight went pretty well, Frost Giant died, but Slamthor did catch pneumonia and died about two weeks later. (laughs) Uh, Whenever I take off my clothes, it is a sign of very strong submissiveness, not dominance. I guess that would have been a match made in heaven for you, that encounter. Yeah, just take off all my clothes and... One taking off his clothes to display dominance, and the other taking off his clothes to... Display submissiveness. Right. Yeah, and prostrate myself. And so took him, like, Slamthor's again, he's a, he's a very large man, so it took pneumonia a while uh, to whittle him down. 
And to be perfectly honest, a lot of people asked him to go see a doctor. Doctors even came to him on his deathbed and begged him to let them help. But there really isn't anything more manly than dying of preventable causes. <laughs> mm. The Steve Jobs, if you will. It's the American way. That's the most badass thing of all. Just refuse basic care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He tried to walk it off at one point, but didn't get very far. I love Slam Thor. And I love his inferiority complex. Nick, I, uh, what about you? Speaking of inferiority complex, Todd is uh, not much better. Definitely not a warrior or a strong guy in his past life. Just your typical super rich parents, uh, boarding school, childhood, you know, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he uh, longs for uh, for love, longs to be cool, longs for the admiration of his peers. PS5. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Yeah, his dad is friends with the president of Sony or whatever. His, his parents hooked him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh no, he has, I mean, he already has like the PS10. But yeah, so Todd, uh, Todd's a yes man, you know, or at least in his past life, he was just a yes man growing up, tried to make friends, tried buying his way into groups for a while, but his parents cut him off after he uh, wrecked the family carriage. Wait, so he would pay people to let him hang out with them? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's just like they would use him to buy drinks and stuff and he knew it was happening, but we, you know, we've all been there. He had a posse. Yeah, it's a little gauche. Did Todd basically have an unlimited budget? Was his dad rich? He had his dad's Amex card, yeah. His dad's uh, very rich, although Todd doesn't really talk about him too much. Is he afraid? I mean, you know how I said he has this inferiority complex. He's a bit intimidated by his uh, by his family, by his name. Feels like he can't live up to, uh, you know, the aspirations of... Oh, he also has uh, two other siblings who got to live at home their whole lives. So, you know, Todd's kind of just uh, singled out for being the family dud, basically. Hmm. Was um, was Todd the inheritor of the family fortune? Like, is he the oldest child? He is the oldest child, but uh, no, it went to his uh, younger brother. Okay, Ooh. that's uh, that's fair. And if you were supposed to describe his class also in one word? In one word, it would just be overcompensation. <laughs> well, he so boarding school, uh, he went to Paladin Prep. Did he graduate? Uh, yeah, only three years late. Nice. Which uh, he's very happy about. And, uh, but yeah, he never quite made it to uh, his final paladin vows. Um, oddly enough, he died right before the ceremony. Oh, Either man. Todd doesn't know or he doesn't want to tell people because he's a bit embarrassed about how he died. Well, I think you have to tell us now. No, just let it come to light, I think. Yeah, okay, let's let it come to light. Yeah. He has a lot to make up for, for sure. <laughs> well, Todd sounds like a, like a beautiful human being. What about, um, what about you, Ingo? What's your character? Yeah, so I play Broth Brown, who is the world's number one inspirational speaker. He grew up in sort of farm country, decided to go make it out big, and realized he had a gift for inspiring people to try to make something of themselves. And so he began to do that, doing little workshops around, uh, gathered a little bit of a following, trained up some uh, brothies to be his underlings and also do some of the more boring aspects of the workshops. But he's been traveling around doing workshops and speeches to help inspire people uh, for his entire adult life. Tell me you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. Or a pyramid scheme? <laughs> yeah, try to convince us that this is not, in fact, a cult. Mm. Uh, you, you are not in a cult if you are the top dog in a legitimate enterprise that is entirely based around a person. How many people are in your upstream? I Sorry, I don't know what upstream means, Matt. I got gotcha. you. 
Well, so that's what, the correct what, answer. That is no, the I'm, correct. I'm, that I'm is a great genuine. answer. That's what his lawyers told him to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being, but I'm being genuine, and I don't know what that actually means. It, yeah. So everybody you recruit into your pyramid scheme, you get a portion of their earnings. Ah, uh, yes. Is that the upstream? I thought that would be the downstream. Because the money goes up to you, right? No, it makes sense because the because the, the the funds come up to. Well, the, then the water flows down the river, not up the river. Does that make sense? Trickle up economics. Yeah, if you just turn the river upside down. If it's a salmon, yeah, it's salmon. Ah, uh, it's salmon in a river. Money is made of fish. Did you not know this? Fish is money. Yeah, basically. Okay. Well, why are you in hell? Well, apparently, Roth's definition of a legitimate business really is similar to another person's definition of a pyramid scheme where 90% of the money is towards something that you're going to attain later once you've paid more money. While demons may think this is an inspirational business model, the small people of a town where everyone was illiterate, so they couldn't read the small print, they disagreed and they decided to give out summary justice with the point of a very, very sharp arrow. Peasants, am I right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. There were su- such opportunities. Okay, so you are a naughty, inspirational speaker who fleeced his following. Sounds like Todd could have been an investor. I yeah, think, well, at I least think his Todd, father. Todd would definitely sort of been, have been sold the VIP package. <laughs> Todd is what they refer to as a whale <laughs> in Broth's club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be a level seven brothy. Okay, so is it more like is it more like a pyramid scheme or more like? A... Hey, oh, Ooh. do we listen? Maybe man, I we don't want to get murdered. Bleep that. Bleep uh, that. I, I don't want Tom Cruise's lo- lawyers after me, but it definitely is more like. Sci- don't say his name. Literally, a black van just pulled up inside my house. Tom Cruise is here. He's in my closet. <laughs> he won't come out. He's, he's saluting. Fucking hell. And for the record, Broth is a bard. Uh, an inspiration is actually part of the skills of a bard, and he loves using his loot to help bring people together and inspire them to both live better and pay better. <laughs> Classic bard. Oh, All right, last, last, last person, Ragnar. What's your character? Hi, I'm Ragnar. Hi, Ragnar. 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 I like the first letter of my name, and therefore I shall be playing a character with the same first letter, and his name is Roblin. Roblin, I like the uh, the last five letters of his name, so I guess he's a goblin, because that shares the last five letters of, of the name, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah? Yep, checks out. Yeah. Roblin the goblin, uh, and he is what is referred to in the industry as a rogue. Is, wait, is he a literal goblin in his past life? No, 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 no. He was a, a human. He was born into French nobility. His parents were very wealthy. Uh, didn't really do anything, though. Uh, but he had a wonderful childhood. Uh, everyone loved him. There was always, you know, he always had enough to eat. And he went to great schools and he got a lot of lucrative job offers on his 10th birthday from various family friends. But he wasn't of that ilk. He hated all that shit. He, all of his spoiled relatives and all this arrogance and nepotism and all that. So he instead willingly became a drug addict and a thief and a a murderer. Let's be let's be frank. Okay, so it's pretty clear why Roblin is in hell. Yeah, I mean he's in yeah he's in hell for many many reasons. He's you know he's killed a man for for fucking wearing a sweater. He's killed a man for thanking him. He's killed a man for not thanking him. 
He once killed a man for taking a penny without leaving a penny. He's an unstable man, absolutely, and uh, some might say psychotic. But why would you leave a penny if you needed to take a penny? Isn't that the whole point? So if you need a penny, then you take one. It's obviously contingent on the fact that you don't have one. Yeah, but this person clearly just was doing it to take the penny. He was just taking pennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Well, then he deserves to die, I guess. Question. Does does Roblin have, like, a code? I mean, he he does despicable things, but does is there something that drives him? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what's his, what's his protocol? So he has principles, definitely. He hates, I guess, sort of what his family is he hates. So he hates phonies. He hates, you know, wealth and the upper class and capitalism. And he hates people with fancy last names. And he... he enjoys chaos he thinks chaos and righteous violence is a good thing and sort of operates within that framework but he's not he would never murder a sleeping hobo for example slamthor definitely is he antifa no because that's like that's too much of a label he doesn't want that but he does have some sort of nebulous personal code that he operates yeah, by definitely which is very difficult to parse even maybe for him because it's probably based on his unstable psyche he couldn't like write his entire treaty or whatever on it but he he sort of knows it when he sees it you know but he's definitely gross like he wears just not even clothes man just things that he puts on his body he eats filth he once ate an old phone how did he die (laughs) he's not sure if someone killed him it may well have or if he just overdosed but he was basically asleep in a ditch by choice uh, having done various drugs etc and you know sometimes you just don't wake up or you wake up dead so his death was kind of like the end of Sopranos, is what you're saying. Yeah. If I had seen Sopranos, I would probably say, yeah. Yeah, then that, this might be a good reference if you, if you had seen that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, probably. Um, Slamthor's uh, little inferiority complex is uh, showing a little bit. How many people would you say Roblin has killed total? <sighs> Roblin. How old was Roblin when he died? Not very. See, he was in his... I think he was in like so he wasn't 80 he wasn't 80 no 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 he wasn't 80 he was like uh probably 30 maybe or like 27 seems right about right right he was probably and he seemed like he probably didn't have too much time left either based on his lifestyle he was really he was going to die pretty soon yeah but he killed I think killed a lot of people like I don't know not like uh third Reich level Oof. but like definitely more than your average serial killer for sure so what's the difference between Roblin and an actual serial killer? I guess there is no difference. He operates in a very specific way. It has like a mode of operating and it's over time with like gaps in between and over the course of many months slash years. I guess he's just a serial killer. Yeah. Are there are there similarities between his victims? Yeah, definitely. They're all the, the people that he hates for various reasons. I guess they're like, there are so many of them and he hates them for such like nebulous reasons that maybe it's very hard to find the the common thread if you're not well versed in these things was he a known figure was he feared or was he just some sort of sewer rat no i don't think so no 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 he was a sewer rat by choice he doesn't want to be known or feared but he wants to murder (laughs) yes well the podcast is called dungeons and demons incorporated and what's going to happen is that you are all going to be reincarnated after your respective deaths they all happen around the same time and you're going to be reincarnated into a version of hell which has been which has undergone a capitalist takeover and is now no longer called hell but is now called 77 and 7 incorporated is this a, uh, a reference to 666 in some capacity it could be but i hadn't actually thought about it that way 
This is a reference to something else that I'm hoping that a very careful listener will be able to spot. Mm, okay. I love a good rebrand, so I'm all, all for this. Those who have seen what I'm referring to there will definitely know what I'm referring to. I would say it was a cult classic. Just for a laugh, do, does, does any of us know what it is? Because I, I don't. I, I'm not a clue. Have any of you seen Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law? No. No. Okay. So this, this is going to take a very careful listener. Interesting. Because I was, this confused me when I first heard it because 777 is like the, the opposite basically to the, the number of the beast, 666. It's like meant to be the, the holy trinity's number. You know, I never actually made a connection between 7 and 7 until you guys started mentioning it. Yeah. yeah. Really? Really? What? Wow. I I'm thought serious. that was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. No, no. It's just it's just the last name, 777. So it's a company owned, inherited, not all, well, owned and inherited by three siblings that now control the company. But this is a massive company that generates enormous wealth for these three people and some others. Hmm. And I guess you'll have to figure out what this company actually does and how it makes money. This company seems to be the absolute opposite of what Roblin stands for. It seems so, but I mean... It's either work for 777 seven, seven, or go to the pit. And the pit is everybody who's not useful to the company and was sent to hell. And that is truly, that is actual hell. Hmm. You could look at 777 seven, seven as sort of a landing stage. And if you're not useful, you go to the pit, which is eternal. So that's kind of hell vanilla style. If there was, if there was a takeover, what happened to uh, the previous, I mean... The previous owner? He died. Deposed. Yeah. Wait, the okay. devil died? It's a hostile takeover. Well, no, 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 it wasn't a hostile takeover. The guy who died, who owned the company, the, the, the father of the three sevens, so Mr. Seven, the original Mr. Seven, Seven he senior. died, and he did not want to go to hell. Was his first name Double O? No, I, his first name was supposed to be Lu Luciano, Luciano Seven. Mm. But, but what happened to the, like, before this capitalist takeover of hell, what happened to, like, the devil, Satan? That's a good question. Nobody knows? Nobody knows. Interesting. All right. Maybe he's still in the pit. Ooh. Or maybe he's the boss of the pit. He got sort of demoted. Or nothing ever really changed for him. He's a regional manager now. <laughs> it's, it was a lateral move. He, he wanted to get out of the bureaucracy of hell. He hated doing paperwork. Yeah, he's in it for the love of the game, surely, that guy. Yeah, he just loves torture. He doesn't want to make money. He just wants to torture. Yeah. I mean, fair. So you're going to be employees of this company and you're going to get a middle manager whose name is Terrorblade. He's going to be your middle manager from hell, literally. Mm. And you're going to have to take orders from this guy because if you fuck things up, then you're going to go to the pit. And I don't think even Roblin wants to go to the pit mm -hmm. because then it's just all over. Slamthor's always wanted a handler, so this, is, this line's right up. A handler you shall get. I'm not sure Broth is comfortable with a boss. Well, comfortable or not, this is, what's this is happening. your opportunity. Yeah, one shot, one opportunity. He sees everything you ever wanted. One moment. Would you capture it or just let it slip? Mom spaghetti. Wow, okay. I mean, this campaign could just as well be inspired by 8 Mile. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't 8 Mile the like true foundation of all Western literature and art? All the good things, yeah, absolutely. I think so. 8 Mile, like, 8 Mile inspired all of this. Moby Dick is just an extended version of 8 Mile. 
So basically the way I play as a dungeon master is that this is obviously going to be without any sort of maps. And for example, there are some mechanics that I don't like too much in D&D that I think just bog down the game for more sort of serious D&D players. For example, the entire mechanic of fatigue, I don't, uh, I don't like that much. I don't even know how it works. I don't, I'm not, so I'm such a noob. I've listened to one Dungeons and Dragons podcast and that's my entire, the entirety of my Dungeons and Dragons knowledge. But I think that we've agreed, right? We're going to play sort of, we're going to cater to the noobs, right? That's the the only fun way to do it. Yeah, so we're going to make honest attempts to explain what a spell does the first time we use it. But if we forget, we just forget. Yeah, and just fuck us, right? And nothing horrible is going to happen. If you have any questions, send us a handwritten letter to P.O. Box. Yeah, go on. <laughs> That was a bad joke. Seven, seven, know. and seven. <laughs> seven, seven, and seven. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Seven, seven, and seven. In hell, and then just set it on fire, and it'll get to us. Uh, and then we sort of just so people know what they expect. Uh, combat. A lot of people think that Dungeons and Dragons is very like nerdy combat based, where very Warhammer, mm -hmm. if you will. What's our take on that? Combat has its place. Mm. I prefer combat to be impactful and have a meaning for the current story. Mm. So it should ideally be combat with somebody that you know you're going to have to fight yeah. in a perfect world. Or the combat is likely to have some consequences. For example, it's very unlikely that I'll set up a, a combat encounter where you're ambushed by goblins in the middle of the night to then very easily kill. And 15 minutes later, you're out of initiative and we'll just keep going. Yeah, so we're not, we're not taking the taken route. We're more the uh, Scott Pilgrim route. Mm. Meaningful combat? I don't know. Hmm. No, nobody. I, it took me a minute to to get what you were getting at, but yes, actually, that that is a a, a good way of saying it. It took me a minute. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I think Todd would just pay people to fight for him. So in his in his past life, is Todd the kind of guy that would get into an argument in a bar and then go over and find somebody and pay them to have the fight? Hmm. That doesn't seem like Todd, though. No, I mean, Todd's, Todd's not like a malicious guy. Todd strikes me as the kind of guy who'll challenge someone to a fight outside in five minutes uh, and then leave. Yeah, it's like when you see, if you ever seen like a video of two dogs, like trying to tear the shit out of each other, but they're separated by a door or a glass wall. And then as soon as you take it down, they're fine. They act like nothing happened. That's such a niche reference that I have. I've never experienced a video like this. Small dog syndrome. He's all bark, no bite. Yeah. But the world that you're going to be in is called... So the country is called Fortuna. Hmm. And it's a country that I've made up. Hmm. This has several cities and it has an emperor. What's the population? Population. Mm. Let's say 13 million. Is there a national dish? It's <laughs> a really good question. And a national bird? I mean, you have all this decided, right? You've, you have all this figured out. How about the national bird is a seagull? Oh, very good. What's the GDP per capita? I just I just don't want all your like hard work to not be used, you know? It'd be a shame if all these things didn't come up. Yeah, we're doing this for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, th thanks, guys. Name a country that's roughly the same size. Let me think. Uh, Sweden? Well, that's not so big. That's no. what she said. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, fair enough. Name the five most impactful chiefs of staff that they've had. Well, there's the emperor, Emperor Adamantius II. 
successor to Emperor Adamantius I. He sits on his steel throne, or his adamantium throne. Made from Wolverine's In the capital bones. city. Made from Wolverine's bones, or, you know, Wolverine's inserted exoskeleton. No, not exoskeleton. Intraskeleton? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the... It's this internal skeletal coding or something, right? Yeah, yeah, they coded his bones. This is not the forum to discuss these things. Let's say we ball. suck as nerds. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> politics and comics, that's what we're doing, right? Like the worst kind of nerds. <laughs> okay, well, moving on. The land, the land is Fortuna. Yes. The first major city that you're going to be going to is called Abingora. Mm. And you'll just figure out stuff about Abingora when you get there. Yeah. I have some. I have a little bit of a detour planned, so it should be fun before you go there. Okay. Nice. Well, it sounds a lot more fun than the pit. So Exactly. That's the entire point of this campaign is that pretty much everything is better than the pit. Hmm. What kind of things get you sent to the pit? Like what's the what's the tolerance for, you know, shenanigans or being lazy, sleeping on the job, you know, kind of thing? Well, to quote Eminem, you get one shot, one opportunity, and not even everybody gets one opportunity. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. And you don't get the follow-up shot? Then you don't get the subsequent shot, no. <laughs> well, that's, then JoJo's uh, Too Little Too Late starts playing. I, exactly. So a select few are offered a position within 777. The rest get sent to the pit. And if you fail to perform, then you also get sent to the pit. I mean, there's no shortage of workers. People die all the time. Sounds like my ex-wife. If you don't perform, you get sent to the pit. And there's no shortage for her. Oh, I thought you killed her. Roblin was never married. That is such a garbage joke. <laughs> or a garbage you're a garbage joke, first of all. No, I mean, what is, is that even a joke? Yeah. J sounds like my ex-wife can be a legitimate joke, but that seems like a complete miss. <laughs> Whatever, man, you're a complete miss. My ex-wife was not a complete miss, if you know what I mean. That's even, it's not even good either. <laughs> not only will this be kept in the episode, it's going to be the pre-theme song <laughs> soundbite. Because she was missing an arm. Okay, well, I mean, now you're weaving a proper backstory for yourself there. Would you please just stop and ask me a, a, a real question about the campaign? Okay, how? What uh, is the... I, I guess there's one more thing that you need to know is that the level up system is going to be the milestone system. So I'm not going to be thinking about experience points because those are usually attained through combat, but I'm just going to decide on a whim when you get a level up. That's the milestone system. Saves me a little bit of work. Are you a fair and benevolent ruler? I'm a very, I think I'm a very fair and benevolent ruler. Many of you have played with me before. He's more like a god. <laughs> that is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> is the country landlocked or not? Is it an island? It's not landlocked. Is it? No. Is it bordered by other countries? Well, we've been getting to know their neighbors. I'm not going to be thinking about other countries for now. Is it, is it bordered by other countries? Yes. Is it at war? Technically, no. I mean, Oli, I know what you look like, but I'm picturing you like uh, King Xerxes from 300. Me? I am a generous god. <laughs> <laughs> naked and slathered in oil. Hmm. That's me. At the time of this recording, I am naked and slathered in oil. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> As all good DMs should be. Actual question. What is the lev the technological level of this society? Well, it's the typical D&D &D technological level. They have horse-drawn carriages, but not cars. Hmm. And they have ma various magical items hmm. that do stuff for them. So basically, if there's a high-level wizard in any town, that town has pretty much anything. Wizards in D&D are ridiculous. They can okay. do pretty much anything. All right. So the society is shaped by magic. So wizards are like the 50 cent of their community. What about like religion? I know a lot of, there's a lot of gods in like the lore of D&D, &D, but um, 
how will that affect the way that uh, society is built? I mean, is it a very pious society? Are we? I think I'll take in. I think I'll take inspiration from Terry Pratchett. There's a bunch of different gods all over the place, and people can follow various different gods for different reasons. So gods of a harvest and gods of lovemaking, mm-hmm. and gods of I don't know whatever you want. My ex-wife was a god of lovemaking. If I recall, there was a Terry Pratchett god that was the god of lying underneath a palm tree when it's just hot enough for it to matter. Exactly. There's a multitude of gods. I feel like there's an Icelandic word for specifically that. Oh, uh, I have a question. Actually, I have a question. about A, rele- a relevant question. Is it, tell me what um, you think about me. Question. Do you think I'm hot? <clears throat> what happens if we die? Again, please don't die. Okay, so you don't. You're basically telling us you don't have a plan for death. No, I don't. But we like we could very well die. You're not gonna fudge the numbers so that we just happen to not die. I'm not gonna pull my punches. Over, I'm not gonna pull my punches in an overly overt fashion. No, but I mean, I think every good DM fudges every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, but like, you, if we're gonna die, you just have to let us die. Like, you can't. Otherwise, we get final yeah, destination. Yeah. If, if one of you dies. Then um, I think we'll have to figure that out when we come to it. We'll have a ceremony, mm. and oof, I don't know. I really prefer that you don't die. I mean, same. I I don't want to die. What kind of a uh, what kind of a uh, races are we? You know, are present in uh, Fortuna? Wow, wow, Nick. Yeah, I'm, I went there. <laughs> the, the beautiful thing about D and D is basically every you can find pretty much every fantasy trope there is and it's going to be the first thing you think of with that trope so if there's a vampire there, there are vampires and they are evil no no i get it i i get it but like do they all you know coexist peacefully or are some you know more considered like savage wild animals and not you know included in society like are elves living with dwarves living with halflings and gnomes or is it like i think i think you're gonna have to see i mean you'll see right i mean todd is a tolerant person don't get me wrong just not roblin but not he's not racist roblin would never be a racist yeah yeah, roblin's not racist he has he hates people for different reasons not an arbitrary one yeah like their last name but wait now that i think about it that's actually a pretty good description of a racist he judges them by the content of their character Wait, so I'm getting the sense that uh, Roblin and Todd are not going to get along that well. I don't think anybody's going to get along with Roblin. That's a fair point. No, probably not. Seems very unlikely. Todd will make it his mission to become friends with Roblin. Mm. Roblin might murder you guys. That's a contingency you should plan for, Oli. I would say, yeah, what's the policy on PvP then? Please don't. Penis, vagina, penis? Stop that. (laughs) I'm sorry. What is PvP? I'm a noob. Stop it. Is that like friendly fire? You're talking about friendly fire, basically? Okay, now think. Put put that beautiful brain to work. What could PvP mean? Well, obviously it's player versus player or something, right? Yes, obviously it's player versus player. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, like oh, I th- why is that I, even I a question? We have stats and combat and shit. Like, why can't we just... Surely we would just fight. Like, what's the question? Well, there's no question. You can just fight. Yeah. I'm not going to put like a ban on PvP. If it makes sense. What's PvP? Well, I mean, <laughs> just do stuff that's funny. That's what this whole thing is about, right? Just do funny shit. Essentially, what we're talking about here is five people who barely play D&D playing D&D. Yeah, that's the best, though, isn't it? I just think we need to have some kind of bare minimum of a reason to work together. Yeah. 
Well, you've all been um, assembled into a team, and you're supposed to work together for seven, seven, and seven. Yeah, I feel like Todd isn't really appreciating the magnitude of the pit here. We're like Westlife. We're assembled, and then the pit is like uh, cultural irrelevance. That's what you want to avoid. Exactly. Yes. You've illustrated my point perfectly. And you're looking down into the pit, and S-Club 7 is looking up, just going, save us. I was going to say, Todd's going to have a hard awakening, I think. He's never had to deal with reality or consequences. I mean, you're born again. I feel like our listeners uh, probably have an idea of what we're all about. What gets our juices flowing? What does get our juices flowing? Ex-wife jokes. Ex-wife jokes. uh, That's what she said, jokes? Obscure cultural references, or like too dated cultural references. Yeah, like most of our jokes are for people who don't know what a podcast is. Probably. But like those are also the best, like nothing, there's nothing good about a, a topical cultural reference. Dude, I'll, I'll watch the news, dude. Like it's all about those deep cuts. How does it feel to be a lifelong contrarian? F- feels bad, actually. <laughs> it feels real bad. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I can never love anything. Yeah. Even exactly. though I want to. It's nice. I love so many things, but nobody else loves them. I can, I can never tell. <laughs> Todd's ready to play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's go! Well, only since you asked so nicely. Let me be the first to welcome you to Fortuna, then. Let's move on to episode one, shall we? You're feeling low In need of a bro There's one thing Your heart starts to glow Calling Monroe Calling Monroe 